0: Welcome to the Everything Early Childhood podcast, designed for approved providers, nominated supervisors, and other childcare leaders. This fun, lighthearted, and very serious podcast features weekly episodes on strategy, advice, and conversations with fascinating and inspiring people from across our sector. Join the journey and have access to the tools and inspiration you need to create high performing childcare businesses. Let's get started. Hello friends, welcome to this week's episode of Everything Early Childhood. My name is Lisa Brown and I am your host and um, the intro song just gets me really pumped up to join here and give a little groove um, to wherever you are listening today. I just want to say a big, big hello and welcome to this week's episode. Um, This week's episode is going to be a bit different, I suppose. It's going to be just a lot of different things that are just currently on my mind at the moment and really it just stemmed from um, mainly from a conversation I had it was in a social gathering, um, a whole bunch of early childhood educators, and somehow, of course, because <laughs> it always comes back to work somehow. Um, and I we were speaking and we we're asking the question about what would you do. If you observed um, somebody in the room, so another educator co-worker, doing something that um, wasn't appropriate, and I'm mindful now with everything in the news that we definitely were not talking about child protection issues, so I will preface it by saying that, Um, but what we were talking about is just unprofessionalism, um, perhaps being on their um, private phone, doing things um, that were non-work-related, and we were talking about and having the conversation and we asked the question, would you say something? And it was really interesting, everyone in different um, positions, even positions that were equal to, so we put it down in different scenarios. We're like, okay, well, if it was an educator, just a co-worker, would you say something? Then the next one was like, okay, well, if it was your like room leader or lead educator, would you say something? And then the next one was around um, your superior. So let's say your director or nominated supervisor. So some really strange and weird examples. So let's just say they're sitting in the room and they're on dating sites on their phone um, or your superior is sitting there watching um, episodes of Home and Away Um, So in these situations, if you did observe these things, would you say something? Now, the interesting thing was like, even if I was a trainee, no matter what position I was in, I would always say something. And so to me, it was really odd that in this conversation, everybody said that they would quit before they would say something. And it concerned me a little bit I and I almost wondered and it stayed in my mind and I mean this conversation happened about a month ago. So it stayed in my mind as is this a common thing? We all know the see something, say something. So if something doesn't seem right or something's out of place, you have a culture and you would build a culture into your organisation that would say something. But I'm almost stuck with this in my mind. Would people speak up? So it was a really shocking I suppose would be the word to describe it and of course with everything um, happening at the moment in the media around child protection and children's safety and I guess it, it didn't come to my mind until just now when I've started recording and talking about it because this um, conversation happened a month two months ago so You know, I really, it's really important that we understand that that is our role. We have to advocate for the children. We have to understand that when we're at work, we need to do our job and everyone around us needs to also has a role and responsibility to, um, well, that's what they're there for. So I wanted to really talk in today's episode around a few things. So the first one is how to create an open and trusting team, um, which is crucial for fostering positive and productive work environments. But I also wanted to talk about, introduce you to two challenging conversation models. So these models are um, tried and tested and these models are Something Because it often comes up and a lot of our mentorship with leaders is around how do we have these conversations. And these conversations are not just for your you to have with your, like a leader to have with the person. It might be with each other and through life. So difficult or challenging conversations are always there and always in the mix. So it's really important to make sure um, that we have those tried and tested and that you're practicing almost like, uh, you know, only in the movies, but you know how you see people in the mirror practicing kissing, that's what came to my head. It's almost like that, just stand in front of the mirror, practice with yourself because even I remember in the, um, at the start of my leadership journey, um, it, it was challenging and it's something that and in a lot of my podcasts and in a lot of um, posts you know how they just direct you or you know target you with whatever's on your mind a lot of things have been coming up that if if we weren't afraid of people not to like us like if we really were not afraid of people um, that people didn't like us that they were saying things like every single person is going to have an opinion and it's likely that um, and this just came up today we said If you wouldn't ask this person's opinion on anything that's happening in your life, why do you listen to their opinion when they give it to you about different things? So it's really important to protect yourself against and with the people that you have around you and that you're surrounded by. And often when we're in workplaces, and we've talked a lot about this on different podcast episodes, we cannot control the people that are around us. But we do have our circle of control with what we can control and what's within our our circle of control and then what is outside of that and a lot of the time the things in our mind the things that worry us are things outside of our control so remember to go back look at those models look at what is within our control what's within our control what we think what we say what we do um, how we feel and I guess also on top of that is how we can make other people feel, but we can't control their feelings. We can only look at ourselves. So that is all that we can control is ourselves. So I wanted to talk about, first of all, how we create those open and trusting teams. And I've got some tips to talk about along the way. And I also wanted to introduce you to a new word, um, which is, I've heard it. Obviously, I've heard of it before, but I went to see um, Gary V. If you don't know who Gary V. is, um, suggest you look him up. He's awesome, and he's all about kindness and business leadership, entrepreneur. Um, really awesome guy for, over from New York. Um, he owns multiple businesses, and he just has a knack for knowing what's coming up next and what's trending, I suppose. And so and I love hearing people's stories. So Gary V's story is that his dad owned a wine shop. And he started in media to, before even YouTube was a thing, and he started just creating these videos from the, and he called it the wine library. And it was just these videos of him trying different wines and and critiquing the different wines in his dad's shop. And as he would critique different wines, he would see that they would start to fly off the shelves. Um, He was strategic with how he laid the shop out, um, where he would place wines. And he did a lot of research around, um, you know, media, marketing, as that started to unfold during those times. So he's really inspiring to follow. Um, He's obsessed with social media. So he can see, and he says he puts the time in, he really reads and reads and reads and researches so many different things that he can see what's trending. He can see what's coming up next. And that's what he says. You just got to put in the hours. But um, yeah, so at Gary V, he talked a lot about candor. And um, candor is, when we have these difficult conversations, he's, you know, we'll talk, he was having a conversation about we do not want anyone to be surprised. So he shared a story around um, that he had a recollection or just a moment where he said he there was his Facebook group about him from past employees and they were saying how much of a, um, a not very nice person he was. And not in those words, but yeah, he swears a lot too, Gary Vee. So just mindful of that. But he, yeah, so in this Facebook group, he said that he saw a lot of his employees and they were talking really badly about him and they didn't have very nice things to say. Um, now there's always a preface, there's always going to be people out there that don't like you. We just need to be okay with that because, and surround yourself with those beautiful, amazing, inspiring people that do. But what he was saying is that he... You know, he would see, let's say, Tom, and he would say, oh, Tom, you're amazing, you're doing such a good job, but then – When Tom wasn't there, he was like, oh man, that Tom, that Tom, like he's not performing, he's not doing this, he needs to go, we need to get rid of him. And so every time he was in front of Tom, he would say all of these amazing, wonderful, positive things. But then when Tom wasn't there, he would say all of these negative, awful, really bad things about how, about Tom's performance. And everyone else also knew that Tom wasn't performing. And so when you know, Gary was talking to Tom and saying how he was doing all of these amazing things. The other people are thinking, oh gosh, if Tom's doing an amazing job, like what am I doing? And it really got, and that's what happens. Like A players start to go down if you keep B players, but it's really important to know who your team is and really help and role model and mentor. So when it come finally come around to meeting with Tom, so Gary met with Tom, and um he said oh sorry Tom I've got to let you go it's not working out it's not this and Tom was like but you just told me I was doing such a good job like what the and so you know he realized that it was getting him in trouble and that it wasn't doing any any him any favors it wasn't actually helping him or being kind to anyone By not having that open and honest relationship, to be able to give that feedback more openly to his team, because now obviously they all think he's a real jerk. Because and they were really shocked. I don't think we ever want any of our team to be really shocked if something does happen, and that we need to raise it with them. I think it should just be a standard expectation that that does happen, and so he said he was really focusing on being more candorous. Now, candor refers, and I was like, I knew, I've i obviously heard of the word. I was like, what is candor? Like, what does it even mean? And so candor refers to the quality of being open, honest and straightforward in communication, especially when we're discussing some difficult or sensitive topics. It involves expressing one's thoughts, opinions and feedback sincerely and directly without hiding or sugarcoating information. Now, candor is characterized by transparency, truthfulness and are willing to share both positive and negative insights in a respectful and constructive manner interestingly enough um, I always get feedback how can you be so open and honest how do you um, always just go and just confront things head-on now some conversations are more difficult than others but when I heard the word candor and I looked up the definition I was like yeah that's me so now I'm 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 cleaning it and I'm adding it to my um, top personality traits that I am definitely candorous and I have no issue, trouble with being candorous and letting people know, um, I guess, what's on my mind, how I'm feeling. I do, however, grow and try to be more mindful with how I do that because in certain situations, people don't really know or understand. And we can't control them. We can only control ourselves. But at the same time, nobody knows what's happening for us if we don't let them know as well. So, candor is the word. So, um, I wanted – and why is candor important? And Because I think that the first thing is like I think candor builds trust. So, candor is the cornerstone of that trust. So, when team members and leaders communicate openly and honestly, I think it creates a sense of transparency and reliability. So, trust is essential for effective collaboration, problem-solving and building strong relationships with all of our teams. I think candor also offers the opportunity for effective problem solving. So if we're more candorous, um, it allows everyone to address challenges and any conflicts head on. So by openly discussing issues and sharing different perspectives, teams can identify root causes and work together to find these solutions. So really being solution orientated. Um, Innovation and creativity is another beautiful thing from candor because when people feel comfortable expressing their ideas without a fear of judgment, it encourages innovative thinking and creative problem solving and a culture of candor fosters an environment where diverse viewpoints are valued and can lead to breakthrough ideas. So we often find in environments where people are afraid to make mistakes, it are environments where nobody has any ideas. No one comes forward with any ways to innovate, create. They don't feel like they can be themselves. they just robots and they just do, do, do. And then when you take that leader away from a team like that, the team don't actually know how to function. And that's the consequences of that. And the consequences of control is that, and I think it's really important to remember that we want all of our teams to be able to function independently without us. I mean, do you want to be able to take a holiday? Do you want to be able to have time off and know that when you get back, your team is going to be amazing and exactly how you left them. Maybe even come back to something more amazing with these innovative ideas and creativity. The next one is like personal growth and development. So honest and constructive feedback is essential for individuals' growth and candour enables people to receive insights into their strengths and areas for improvement. So leading to professional development and skill enhancement. So going both ways, if we're both not candorous, we don't know what's challenging to people unless that's something we observe and vice versa. People don't know if that's something they're not doing well unless we give that candour feedback. So that personal growth and feedback is so crucial to helping people. And I'm a real advocate that it's not just, we're not just helping people to be amazing educators. We're helping people to be the best human being that they can be. And that I'm talking all the way from little humans to big humans. We're all human. And at the end of the day, it's just about helping people to be amazing humans. The next one is preventing misunderstandings. So if we're really clear and really straightforward, it helps to prevent misunderstandings and misinterpretations. So when people share their thoughts openly, it reduces the likelihood of assumptions or misinformation. So, and trust me, even with my candor, people can still misunderstand. People still formulate their own ideas um, and perspectives Um, with what is being said so this is why it's crucial when having those conversations to make sure that we are getting them to repeat getting them to let us know exactly particularly if it's an instruction Um, often we yeah, I don't give instructions that often, but when I'm teaching someone how to do it or something or a new skill, it's really important that they repeat it back or they show me so that I can see what they've learnt to make sure that they've got a really clear understanding of what that is. So conflict resolution. So if we're all honest with each other, life would be so much easier. So candor plays a vital role in resolving conflict. So when individuals express their concerns and viewpoints honestly, it really does pave the way for productive discussions and compromises that lead to a resolution. I think if one party feels intimidated or one party feels that they can't say their truth or they hold their truth back because they might think oh it's going to hurt the other person I don't want to compromise my relationship you're actually compromising your relationship by not being candor because there is no way that you're going to be able to sort out that problem it's going to continue if you continue just holding that in feeling like you are protecting them or protecting yourself potentially accountability so candor encourages individuals to take ownership of their actions and decisions so when people are open about their successes and failures it fosters a sense of responsibility and accountability now accountability is so important if you put a hole in the wall then you go up so two things right choose your heart the first one is you go up to your leader and you say or the owner and you say look I'm really sorry I put a hole in the wall and um, what are they going to say thanks for letting me know. Or the second heart is like, okay, I'm going to never going to say anything. No one saw it. I hope no one saw it. And then you live with that in your mind that, oh my gosh, I hope no one ever finds out that I put that hole in the wall. So it's best just to be upfront, take accountability for it. I think it would be worse if something happened and they found out later, really hold yourself accountable. And you don't want somebody else saying something And, um, you know, you having to be confronted for not saying anything. So, and I think accountability is one of those skills that is so underrated. Like, I really appreciate accountability and I'm accountable to myself. If I make a mistake um, and even as leaders, it's such a strength. If you make a mistake to say in front of your team, hey, oh my gosh, that was such a mistake. Like I made mistake. It was my fault. Like I'm really sorry guys that I let the team down. Like, you know, I made the mistake that was on me, but being accountable allows us to have the opportunity to be able to repair and fix the mistakes and you know what they say that if you're not making mistakes you're not trying hard enough so we again we're all human and we will have successes and we will have failures. And, um, you know, Albert Einstein, um, Edison, and Edison has this really beautiful quote, which is, you know, he found, I think it's a thousand ways or 99 ways that the light globe didn't work. So, you know, he wasn't, he, he held himself accountable to keep trying because it was a fun um, experiment for him to work out all of these ways that it didn't work. To keep going and keep persisting so that he could find out, obviously, um, how, you know, to make sure that that worked. So the next one is adaptability and change. So in a rapid changing environment, candor allows our teams to adapt really quickly. So open discussions about shifts in strategies, goals, conditions, help everyone understand and adjust to changes more effectively. So if this is something that they're used to and something that's embedded into your culture, candor, um, I think even in emergency situations, it can play a really vital role because everyone knows what to expect and that they'll just obviously follow those instructions because because they understand it's an open and honest relationship. And the other thing as well um, is that it yeah it creates a healthy work environment. So when we culture candor, it promotes psychological safety, where team members feel comfortable expressing their opinions without a fear of retribution. And this contributes to reduced stress increased job satisfaction and a better overall well-being. There is nothing worse than walking into a room and then people stop and you feel like you've interrupted a conversation And you cannot shake that feeling that potentially that conversation may have been about you. It probably wasn't, but you can't shake that feeling. And that's the biggest thing in early childhood is it's all perception. And if somebody walks in to see that, they're going to think, oh, this Mary, she doesn't like me very much. Her and blah, blah, blah were talking about me today. But if you're just candorous in that moment where you can see that that person's not feeling very comfortable, And you can say, oh, hey, we were just chatting about this, um, but let's pick up that conversation later. So it has nothing to do with them, but it was a private conversation that they'll have later on um, after they're not in the room. It also provides leadership effectiveness. So leaders who practice candor inspire their teams by setting an example of open and honest communication. So they can lead to increased respect, loyalty and motivation among team members. And I also think that your team will know what to expect. So the more candorous you are coming from a good, kind, loving place, but the more candorous you are, the the easier, like they will never ever question anything that's on your mind because they know that you would have told them already. And if somebody else said something, because often used in early childhood is that the directors told me this or blah, blah, blah said this, but they know that if that was a fact, they would have heard it from you or that they can just ask you. Um, Building lasting relationships. So candor fosters deeper connections between individuals. So we want to share vulnerabilities, honest feedback, and it creates a sense of authenticity and builds stronger interpersonal relationships. It creates involvement in the organisation. So if if we value candor, feedback flows freely from all levels. So this leads to continuous improvement in processes, products and services. And of course, ethical conduct. So it aligns with ethical principles by promoting honesty and integrity in all interactions. So it helps to maintain a high standard of behavior and decision-making within teams and organizations. So very similarly, one of my favorite authors, Brene Brown, talks a lot about this. And and I, I think candor is something that I wanted to link with having these challenging conversations, because if it's something we're just doing all the time, then, it's, then in those moments, then we're like building up that muscle and it's like we've got to build up that candor muscle so that if something happens and we feel a certain way, we address it right then and there in that moment. And um, Brene Brown talks a lot about this, you know, uh, and just some quotes, like I could go all day and read her quotes, but some of them are like the willingness to show up changes us. It makes us a little bit braver each time. Um, vulnerability is not winning or losing, it's having the courage to show up and be seen when we have no control over the outcome. You can choose courage or you can choose comfort, but you can't choose both. Um, I define connection as the energy that exists between people when they feel seen, heard and valued, when they can give and receive without judgment. So powerful. Um, If you have a choice between right and wrong, um, sorry, if you have a choice between being right and being kind, choose kind. Um, People who wade into discomfort and vulnerability and tell the truth about their stories are the real badasses. Um, Courage is contagious. So every time we choose courage, we make everyone around us a little bit better and the world a little bit braver. Um, empathy has no script there is no way right way or wrong way to do it it's simply listening holding space without judgment emotionally connecting and communicating that incredibly healing message of you are not alone we're here we're in this together Um, the next one the most compassionate people I've interviewed over the past 13 years were also the absolute boundaried um, I thought that, I, th- I thought faith would say, I'll take the pain away and discomfort. But what it ended up saying was, I'll sit here with you in it. And isn't that so powerful? Oh, I just love that. Like if somebody's in so much pain and just we have deep conversations with friends all the time and it's like, you know, what do we need when we're in those moments? Nothing. We just want someone to sit with us. We just want someone to sit in it with us just so that we, we're not alone um my you can't go you can't get to courage without rumbling with vulnerability so embrace the suck and she talks a lot about that actually like just embrace the suck embrace those sucky little moments that we have to go through and those conversations we have to have because without being vulnerable we don't have that courage. And then my favourite of all favourites, her quotes is clear is kind and unclear is unkind. So make sure that everyone knows the expectations. It's like playing sports and the rules. If people don't understand what the boundaries are, what the rules are, how they can do things or, you know, where those limitations are, then how do you expect them to be able to play within the rules of the game? So it's really important as a leader in your organisation to make sure that you have very, very clear standards and expectations. Don't tell them exactly how to do their role, but tell them what to do in their role. So And what you expect of them in their role. How they do it is completely up to them. So with that, so candor, I just really want you to focus on candor, practice being candorous. How can you be more candorous in your roles and not just at work, but at home, potentially with your families? Is there some tricky... Challenging conversations that you need to have with different people in your life um, as well. And I'll share some tips. Um, I've got how many did I write down? 15 15 tips for open and honest and trusting teams, um, which we can do that. So, um, one is just around communication. So, the importance of having that clear, transparent communication. Two, leading by example. So the role of leaders and managers, we need to set the tone for that trust and openness. If we are not open with our team, we cannot expect our team to be open with us. Vulnerability and authenticity. So again, building on that Brene Brown. So the power of vulnerability is building trust and connecting with our team members. So it's expressing being authentic, expressing our thoughts, feelings and concerns. Respect and empathy. So cultivating that within our culture itself and having that mutual understanding physiological safety which we talked about so just creating an environment where team members feel safe to take risks share ideas and admit mistakes Um, And talk about it. Like what would happen if this happened? Like do scenarios, do um, really fun role plays in the team meeting. If, If this happened, what would you do? And some things we can't predict, but if they know that if something similar to that degree ever happened and that would be the outcome, then that would then promote more openness around that as well um feedback and recognition and this is one that goes so so far so the most beautiful and powerful two words that we can ever say and repeat them on like we'll put them on repeat is thank you that is so powerful so when was the last time that you thanked somebody in your organization when was the last time you said i appreciate you you are amazing thank you so much Um, collaboration and team building, um, conflict resolution. So, uh, you know, really working through resolving those conflicts and disagreements in a healthy manner. So a team is like a little family and we have to teach our little family, um, you know, how to have those positive conflict resolution conversations. Um, And you are the role model. So they're going to see you, whether it's the children, you're an educator and it's the children, or whether it's – your leadership and your team they're going to see you doing these things so the more that you undertake and the more that you do these things as a leader the more that your team is going to be able to see that and you're going to role model it and they'll be like oh okay that's how we do it here. Um, transparency and decision making so involving team members in the decision making process. Flexible work environment, so allowing for flexible work arrangements as much as possible, but trusting your employees to manage their own time and tasks as well, and also listening and catering to their needs where we're able to. Um, Continuous learning, so creating opportunities for them to learn skills and have that professional growth trust building exercises. So, um, you know, in our team meetings, we always had team building exercises and trust exercises. So as silly as they say, it really does, they really do work. Um, So build those into your team meetings. Accountability. So making sure that we're establishing a sense of ownership and responsibility, privacy and confidentiality this is huge. If somebody comes to you and has, says something that is not then yours to repeat to anyone else. So you can ask them, you can say, is it okay if I let, you know, your director know, or is it okay if I let this person know, if you feel that you have to, but let them know, or don't ask their permission, but tell them to say, look, I'm really sorry, um, but I am going to have to let my director know this information. And that is okay. But in general, if somebody's like, and I think maybe we need to do a separate episode on this, but I feel in early childhood, there's this really blurred line between um, we're friends and we're colleagues. And it's really, really easy because we're beautiful, caring, amazing individuals um, to think, I want everyone in my room to like me. I don't want there to be any disagreements. Um, I want to have a nice time at work. Like I see these people all the time. And however, if you continue and you keep going like that and you... um, The reason I bring this up in relation to privacy and confidentiality is that I've had many, many times where something will happen, going back to my original story, so something will happen and the person will not say anything because they're like, they're my friend. I didn't want to get them in trouble, they're my friend. And I think that, you know, fair enough. And I think it's so beautiful that, um, you know, and I'm an advocate for relationships and an advocate for, you know, making friendships in the workplace. And I think it makes a workplace so much more beautiful, authentic and real, having those meaningful connections, not only with our beautiful children and families, but with each other. Um, However, I think that it's, you need to have these conversations and you need to have these thoughts in your mind that if certain things do happen or do occur, that you are going to speak up because at the end of the day, We are advocating for the children and the children need to come first, regardless of if you have a friendship, regardless of if you know that that might not – I hate saying trouble or get them in trouble, but if they're not doing their job, it's really important that you do speak up and you do say something because – you know, it might not for right now, but in in the long term it might put the children at risk. So even in the scenario of, um, you know, an educator sitting there on their phone, um, on something that's not child friendly and nobody says anything, that is actually putting the children at risk because it's taking away from supervision of children during those times. If you then have a group of educators that are sitting around there at those times doing those things together, that is a whole team of educators that are obviously, you know, we need to adequately supervise children at all times. And if that's happening, how is the supervision occurring? So these are the consequences and repercussions and it's layers and layers and layers deep so one like have that privacy and confidentiality as a leader if somebody says something to you they're going through something it is not your place or your role to tell any. else that it doesn't impact professionally just like a child um, and their situation it's really important that we're not discussing that or disclosing that with anyone um, outside of the service or that it doesn't directly impact there's been stories about this as well so um so many stories and I love sharing them so that you can see that there's so many different contrasts out there. So this story was about um, two educators were at a taking their daughter um, to a dance class and in the dance class she was just going along with her um, – so the two educators, one had a daughter, one had a friend, um, one was the educator's friend I should say, and then they went to this dance class and during this dance class they were talking and joking about um, – a child and they were talking about them in detail and then I don't know a couple of days or a week later one of the parents made a complaint. They said, um, actually, at this dance class, we this other parent overheard the conversation and they knew that it was about their child. And so they passed that conversation on to the family. They actually video recorded it, how embarrassing, but they video recorded it, shared it with this other family and said, hey, I think these people are talking about your child. And um, obviously that got back to the center and got them in a lot of trouble. So just be mindful and cautious about where you're talking about these things, who's around you, what's happening. Is this an appropriate conversation to be having here in this context right now? Because you never, ever know who is around you at different times. So it's protecting yourself. It's protecting the children at the same time. So long-term perspective, so we want to recognize that building trust and openness, it is an ongoing process that requires continuous effort. So we really want to make sure that we're doing it over the long term. We're really role modeling and we are building this into our culture. And I just, I keep thinking and I just, I'm like, look, life would be so much easier if we were just honest with each other. And I think that that is so, so true. Um, now these two models for challenging conversation. So the first one is, um, I don't have a name for it, so I'm just going to describe it. It is, it's a team approach. Let's call it a team approach. (coughs) So the person that you wanted to have it with, you would say, thank you for taking the time to talk to me. So thank them up front. Thank you so much. Um, and then I say, I need your help with blah, blah, blah. Um, So for example, I need your help knowing what to do about this, or I need your help knowing how how to feel about this. So you would describe that. And, And as soon as we put it in the context of I about me, remember that circle of comfort in the middle, nobody else can control you. You are the only one that can control yourself. And so if you say I and you say, I need help, or I need your help, or I need your help knowing, I need your help, um, yeah, what it is, then it, it puts you in, um, instead of opponents, it puts you as teammates so that you want to work on solving that problem together. And you can say, uh, and then just make sure that after the conversation, you always finish it off. So I feel more settled about this, or I feel like we are headed in a better direction. How about you? and then let them say something, be quiet, and create space for them to respond. Because you don't want to leave the conversation unfinished, because generally what happens in unfinished conversations or, and this has happened to me, I had this conversation. And I thought, great, we've got a resolution. We know what's going to happen from here. But that other per- the other party, the other person walked away and was so unhappy and didn't feel that, the, that it had been resolved. And so if one out of the two parties walks away feeling like, one feels like, yes, great, we've got a resolution, we can move forward, we're happy, we're um, soldiering on, but the other person doesn't then it wasn't a successful conversation. So it's really important, again, using that candor in these conversations, being really open and honest, working together towards a um, solution, but allowing them to also respond. So how about you? and then be quiet. So create space for them to respond. They have to say something. Whether they say to you, well, actually, I'm not really happy with that solution. You can say, okay, great. Well, let's discuss some other possible solutions or strategies that we can implement that might be better or might you know, work for you. So it's really important to create that space. So really easy. Thank you for taking the time to talk with me. I need your help with X or I need your help knowing what to do about this, or I need your help knowing how to feel about this. So for example, um, when I came into the staff room, um, I need your help knowing how to feel about this situation that happened this morning. So when I came into the staff room, I noticed that um, you you and Mary were talking about this. And when I walked in, I felt that you stopped the conversation. So can you please help me knowing how to feel about this? Okay have that conversation just they would be like (coughs) excuse me usually they'll just be like I'm so sorry I didn't know that that was even happening or that we were just talking about this or so sorry that you felt that way um no problem so and how about you so I feel more settled about this now thank you so much how about you? And in that situation, it was really only about you. So um, they'll be like, "Yep, yeah, no problem. Great. I'm so glad we had that conversation. Now, most of the feelings, most of the anxiety and the stories that we're telling in our minds to ourselves prior to these conversations is harder, it is so much harder playing out these scenarios, and that is what creates the challenge. The challenge isn't actually in the conversation itself. The challenge is prior to the conversation, when all of those thoughts and we're playing out all of those stories in our mind, which how, for how it could potentially go, and all of those scenarios. But um, what I always encourage people to do is, um, you know, get a buddy, get a mentor, talk through, practice, um, you know, talk through what you can talk about. how you would say it. The next step would be to have the conversation and then go back to your buddy and be like, how do you feel now? So you'll notice that um, nine times out of 10, so very, very rarely do people come out of these challenging conversations feeling like, oh my gosh, this was the worst conversation of my life. Usually there is some resolution that happens, some solution, some compromise, some type of thing that will help both parties to feel more settled. So uh, that feeling afterwards, just hold on to that feeling and remember it's like a muscle the more you work it the better it gets Um, so option number two is called the FBI model I've shared this probably heaps of times before but I wanted to put it in this episode as well so it's FBI so feeling behavior impact so an example might be feeling so what emotion did the action or behavior cause you in you So are you angry, anxious, sad, disappointed or happy, surprised, thankful? Um, What was the behaviour? So what was the exact action that caused the emotion? So you should not use the phrase you always or you never. This FBI feedback deals with a specific action that happened recently with both um, can still remember. So again, it's really important to have these conversations straight away because again what we do in early childhood we hold on to things we feel 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 because we're very resilient and forgiving and kind so we feel 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 and we hold on to all of these things that have happened and then one day you just explode so it's really important and it's the same with families same with children we all have these emotions just to have these conversations and have them when they're teeny tiny so they don't blow up into this big Massive explosion. Um, So, of course, the situation might have happened many times before, but it makes the feedback easier to receive and discuss when we only take a look at one instance. So, whenever you do this, it's important to have an example of the behavior. We can't just say um, a generalized thing or how we would think, a really, a real example. And then the last one is the impact. So, what were the consequences of the action? So, how did it affect their job, the well being of the company or the team, the project or your relationship or the work culture? So, for example, this is it in context. You could say, I'm frustrated because you didn't give me feedback yesterday like I asked. It's difficult for me to continue with the project without proper feedback about the work I've done so far. This made me feel like my efforts are not valuable or I'm not valued. So you can see how powerful that is. Like that is even, you could use this model not only to provide feedback to someone else. So that could be a really good example to say to your director, look, hey, I'm really frustrated because you didn't give me feedback yesterday or I'm really frustrated because we said we would do this and this didn't happen. Um, This is how the behavior impacts me. And it's really important that we um, obviously have that done or you're sticking true to your word. So this could be another thing, for example. So the first point um, would point out the emotion. So one, I feel frustrated because. Then mention the specific action. So you did not provide me with feedback like you promised. And the consequences to the action is it's hard for me to continue the project without the feedback and I feel like my work does not matter to you. So it is feeling, behaviour, impact feeling, behavior, impact. And so if you just remember FBI, um, that should be yeah really easy. And when you're stating that it's not about them, it's about you. So it's really working on letting them know how that made you feel. So I hope today's episode has been really helpful. I'm trying to think of if there's anything else um, that I want to say or preface. I don't know why this hasn't like stayed in my mind for two months. So there's definitely always a reason and I think it's, I'm just really puzzled because whilst candour or being open and honest sometimes is not a natural thing and can sometimes be uncomfortable, it really is worth it um, to – because I think, you know, again, even when building relationships with people and connections with people, if you're not being your true authentic self – How do people even build those relationships with you if they don't even know who you are? So really just, you know, you can – what is it comfortable? Let me find it again because I've really, really loved that quote. Um, Around comfort and courage. So you can't be both comfortable and have courage at the same time. Um, So we really want to make sure that we – Uh, you know, making the choice. So what choice are you going to make? Are you really going to allow people to know you, to know who you are, to know how you feel? And it doesn't, you choose, you choose how open you want to be and with what. But if it's impacting, my preface would be, if it's impacting your world and your environment, um, and we have a rule at Platinum Head, so we say if something's on our mind and something's impacting us after one or two days, then it's time to talk about it because usually we're pretty cool pretty, I was going to say pretty cool, but pretty easy and easy going. So usually if something, you know, frustrates us, it's usually gone after one one or two days. But if it's still there and it's still a niggly little thing, then we make sure that we say something. And I think the more that we've practiced that and the more that we do that, the easier it is to actually say things um, much quicker. And we don't even need to wait that one or two days anymore. We usually just know straight away um, if it's something that we need to talk about. So embrace the suck because the more that you you do, the easier it'll get. So thanks so much for listening to today's um, weird episode. Um, just a real download of everything. But I I really want to encourage you to please speak up. Like it, you're not the one that's going to be in trouble. I know there's a lot of um, bad... I don't even know the word but there's a lot of bad we can feel like we're going to be the bad guy you know the the quote about shoot the messenger things like that but if you're in a really professional workplace and you go and tell the director or disclose something to the director that's happening the director will never ever go directly to that person and say hey this person said this so that's why I'm doing this Like it is private and confidential and let them know that, let them know, look, I really don't want to impact my relationship with all of my colleagues, but I feel that it's important for you to know this because you are the one that has this business, you are the one that has this centre, you are the one that has these families, you are the one that has these children's priorities at the very forefront of everything that you're doing and if it is your director there is always generally somebody above them as well so it's really important embrace the suck it sucks I know you never want to be in that position but please 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 advocate for these children we want to have amazing passionate educators working in our sector people that are there for the children and if you're there seeing something and not saying something then you know you You are not advocating for the children and you're not doing the right thing. So speak up see something, say something, um, no, preface it by saying you want it to remain private and confidential. Or usually, actually, this is something that you should um, add into your organization. Do you have an anonymous feedback box? Now, it might sound stupid. It might sound ridiculous. But um, as soon as we added an anonymous feedback, and I'm not even like, we've got both, we've got digital and we've got paper. The paper one, has been more successful than the digital one. But any opportunity for people to provide anonymous feedback, ideas, suggestions, values, is really, really powerful because that means they don't even need to come and speak to you. They don't even need to have those tough conversations. Um, They just need to add that anonymous feedback so that you can then investigate it. Um, And that way it doesn't come back on anyone because they're giving it anonymously. So if that will help your team to feel more comfortable with providing that feedback, then please, yeah, make sure that you have that and that's available for your team. All right, that's it for me this week, guys. Um, so let me know if there are any other topics of interest that you want to talk about. Um, I thought maybe next week we might, um, I've got some more interviews coming up as well, which I'm really excited. I love chatting with you amazing humans um, and sharing some awesome stories. We've had some great cracking episodes. Um, so with Angela, all about the OT and supporting children in with inclusion. We've had Declan, all about happiness. We've had Phil, all about world, workplace well-being. Um, so please go back and listen to those episodes. Um, they were some of my favourites. So I'm really excited. I feel like we're really lifting the bar and getting some amazing humans on board as part of our mission to share these amazing messages and values with you all. Um, if you've got anyone that you want me to track and um, have an interview with let me know as well or any topics you want us to discover but I love when you reach out to me I love having the conversations and I think that it's really awesome that you're all out there listening and just getting value each week so thanks so much for being such loyal listeners Um, I think we reached over gosh I can't remember the number now I have to check our number of listeners Um, but I just noticed the other day that it skyrocketed so I'll pop up a little post um, and let you know but please share it with your friends Um, it really helps and um yeah any suggestions for amazing guests in the future let me know but keep making every moment count have an amazing day wherever you are today and i'll catch you next week thanks for listening to the everything early childhood podcast if you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast please share it with others post about it on social media or leave a rating and review we read them all. To catch all the latest from me, your host, Lisa Brown, you can follow me on Facebook and Instagram at Lisa Brown underscore Platinum Ed. Thanks again for listening. Keep making every moment count and I'll see you next time.